Welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast. I'm your host, Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and prayer who is passionate about helping women like you make prayer their first and best response to the challenges of motherhood. A small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia, I've made prayer my game plan for all of life. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. If you wonder how you'll equip your children for this world and all it throws at them, if you have questions about prayer and don't know where to turn for answers, if you need help knowing how to pray through specific issues or seasons, you are in the right place. Prayer really is the most important but most overlooked part of Christian parenting today. Let's change that starting right now and impact generations to come. Hey friends, man, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Sandra Peoples and that you've been evaluating on a heart level, whether you're effectively living on a day-to-day basis as if God isn't really there. I certainly have. In fact, I have not been able to get it out of my mind at all. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. When we're not in an active podcast season, I'm hosting interviews on the Million Praying Moms Instagram account in a series that I like to call Praying Mom Live. I started these interviews in the summer of 2021, interviewing real moms with real challenges who have overcome to have real, vibrant prayer lives. Their stories are, well, real, and I've picked six of them to share with you in this new season. This interview is number two in that series. And if you like them, I invite you to follow Million Praying Moms on Instagram at Million Praying Moms and listen to them all. The ones I've chosen for this season are intended to give you a diversity of personal story. And my hope is that you'll hear your story reflected in one of theirs, maybe in all of them. Today, we're going to hear from someone I've known for a long time, but only had the opportunity to work with a bit more recently. I've watched Rachel Wojnarowski, or Rachel Wojo, as you may know her, fight to believe God in some of the most difficult of circumstances. And I have to tell you guys, her victories and struggles make me want to listen to what she has to say. Rachel has faced experiences that crushed her dreams of the perfect life, a failed marriage, a daughter's heartbreaking diagnosis, and then eventual death, and even more. She's the author of One More Step, Finding Strength When You Feel Like Giving Up, and is a wife and mom to a blended family of six. In this episode, Rachel shares about how God used prayer in various ways to wrap her up with comfort as she had to let go of her beautiful daughter, Taylor, to a metabolic disease over the course of several years. One of my main takeaways is that God is present in our pain, big or small. Tune in now as we get real. Rachel, why don't you start by telling everybody a little bit about yourself. You are an author of several books yourself, and you have a major heart for prayer yourself. So give us a little bit for for people who are just being introduced to you for the first time today. Tell them a little bit about who you are and your heart for ministry and what you do, and then we'll jump into our questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be a part of Million Praying Moms today. Love the work that you're doing, and I haven't got my copy of the book yet, but I'm so excited to to get it. So I wanted to um, share just a little bit. I do have quite the brood as far as number of children. 
We have six children, five that are living with us, one that actually is all grown up, married, and chose to live next door. And, oh, wow. And then, so we have five at home, 19, 17, 15, 12, and 10. And two years ago, we lost our daughter who passed away at the age of 22 from a rare metabolic disorder. She had special needs her entire life and started out as a very bubbly, sweet, happy little four-year-old and her disease caused neurological degeneration. So it was very gradual loss of skill by skill as she slowly um, wound down her life and the Lord took her to heaven. So it was a very long journey for me, for our family of over two decades of (laughs) learning how to pray and what to pray and to pray and how to pray always. I will say that it started out pretty rocky because as a, you know, when she was four, I was still in my twenties, pretty young, you know, 27. And I just, I just didn't have, I mean, I had a great home life. I grew up in a Christian home, Christian went to school, graduated from Christian college, but I just I just had a pretty checklist kind of faith and a checklist kind of practicing my belief system. And so um, even though I had accepted Christ as my Savior, my personal relationship with the Lord was not very deep. It was fairly shallow. And so as I look back, I think it was pretty rocky starting out, you know. It started out with me holding God at a distance saying, (laughs) I don't like you. And even though I think you love me and I think that, you know, your word is true, I'm still trying to figure out why all this is happening. So I say that my prayer life at first was a lot of anger. It was a lot of why. It was a lot of, you know, let me talk to you, Lord. And I didn't Mm -hmm. do of listening. <laughs> but, you know, over the course of adding more children to our family and learning how how prayer can be such an incredible tool to not only help you in your relationship with the Lord and be personal, but what a privilege it is to intercede for others and how God uses that opportunity for us to pray for others to actually cultivate our own faith as well and build a yeah. structure and, and bring healing. You know, it just reminds me of a story um, that I love to share about a woman who approached me at an event a few, few years back when I was a, a little, um, probably about 10 years ago when I had first started speaking. And it was one of my first out-of-town speaking opportunities and This woman came up to me afterwards and told me her story of how she had throat cancer. It was very severe, and she was in the worst pain that she'd ever been in in her life. And she's lying on a bed at home, but lying on a bed, her throat is just on fire. She said it just felt like everything inside of her internally was on fire. And she's asking the Lord to relieve her of this pain. And she felt his whisper back to her, pray for others. And she's lying there in this awful pain, you know, going through this cancer treatment. And she's like, really, Lord, pray for others? Because I'm feeling like I'm the one who needs it the most right now. Mm -hmm. And she said that she began to pray and she started naming 
everyone in her small community, every person she could think of, the librarian, the people at the cash register at the grocery store, you Mm -hmm. know, every person she could think of that she interacted with in her small town, she began to name. And even though she didn't know all of their needs, she, she named them and prayed for them. And she said, you know, Rachel, within about 30 minutes, I didn't even feel the pain anymore. And I just thought, wow, you know, that's always stuck in my mind. Her story has always stuck in my mind because Mm -hmm. I really believe that that is how God has used prayer in my own life. It it would be very easy to get wrapped up in our own needs and our own story because watching your child suffer and die Mm -hmm. a gradual slow process is it's such a nightmare. But I think one of the ways that God really allowed me to heal even through that experience, healing through that was interceding for other people and praying Mm -hmm. for people. I love that so much. It is so true that God gives us, well, you know, I don't think it's wrong to pray for ourselves. I don't, I know that's not the moral, the moral of your story is that it's wrong in any way to pray for ourselves, but there is so much truth in the idea that giving of ourselves to others that way, it really just brings a peace and contentment in our own lives. And I love how for this particular woman that you interacted with, it didn't just bring peace, but it also brought physical, not just spiritual healing for her, but even just a physical, a sense of physical healing for her too. Prayer is important. It is powerful. And we say that, and it's become a little bit of a cliche that prayer is powerful or, or there's power in prayer, but there is. And it's not just that prayer is the way for us to get what we want. It's not just like putting a, you know, a quarter in the the vending machine and getting exactly what you want. It's prayer is powerful because it does a major, well, first of all, because we get to partner with God to work in other people's lives. That blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first started, I tell the story in more detail inside of praying mom, but when I first started, you know, God was developing my prayer life. He would some, I would sometimes find myself just thinking of people And I didn't know why, you know, it could have been someone that I, from my childhood that I hadn't connected with in years, or maybe it was someone, you know, a a distant relative or a friend that I hadn't seen for a while or whatever. And sometimes it was someone in my immediate circle as well, but I didn't necessarily know why I couldn't get them off my mind. And I thought it was a little bit weird at first. Like, why am I thinking of these people? Is there something a little creepy about that, Lord, that I can't quit thinking about these people? And I I had a friend, uh, a dear friend, who I told about it. And she said, well, Brooke, maybe the Lord wants you to pray for those people. Maybe you don't have to know what or why or, or what's going on in their lives. But maybe the reason that you can't stop thinking about them is because God wants you to pray. And so I've made that a habit over the years of just like, I don't necessarily question why God has someone on my heart. I just pray for them, whatever it looks like. And there have been times over the years, not a whole lot, but a few times over the years when I've been able to connect with that person that I was praying for and find out that they actually were going through something significant, that they needed my prayers. And and really, if you think about it, that's just amazing that God would do that, that God would put it on the heart of someone else to pray for you or put it on your heart to pray for someone else. 
in a time when you really need it. It's just amazing that God will use us that way. But the secret, the the backdoor secret to all of this prayer is something that you mentioned as well. And that is that as we give our lives over to connecting with our creator that way, God changes us and it causes this spiritual development in us. And I'm, I'm just wondering if you'd speak to that a little bit, how specifically did walking through what you guys had to walk through in, in losing your daughter, how did that develop your own spiritual life? And I want to preface that by saying that I am not being trite or flippant about that because we have had loss in our own life. We've, we've had, we've lost a lot of family members. My husband and I have personally had a miscarriage. Um, it's not the same thing, but it is loss. And, and I always feel like I want to say whenever I'm talking about what God has done in my life through those losses, that I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm mat- so mature in the Lord that I would, that I would go back and, and ask God to give us those things again, just so that I could get to the place where I am in my prayer life and in my maturity as a Christian. I'm not that mature that I would ask for that loss, but I am grateful that the Lord did what he did through that loss. So how, how did that change your maturity? How did that develop you? How did your constant prayers to the Lord really change who you are as a person? Well, I think it's, it's very um, hard to articulate how deep um, of a wound you have in grief, no matter what loss it is. I think that people emotionally, mentally, spiritually are much more damaged than they even know. Yeah, and that's a good word. Where um, I learned some very deep truths, <laughs> way that God's word promises. One of the very, very deep truths that I learned through scripture was understanding that when I am so overwhelmed in grief or loss or my emotions tied to those things, that the Holy Spirit actually intervenes and intercesses before the throne of God Mm -hmm. on my behalf Mm -hmm. and that his words and his groanings, whatever language it is, is so deep in his communication with the Father God that it benefits me, that he is interceding on my behalf. And so I think having that comfort in knowing that I don't have to have all the right words, and I'm talking about when there is deep, deep pain and deep, deep loss, um, trauma and suffering, when those things happen, then we don't have to absolutely stand before God and, and use words. We can literally just sit and ask the Holy Spirit or be comforted by the fact that the Holy Spirit is intervening and intercessing for us. And that was a huge process for me to get to that point to where I understood that. Um, I think that unless you've gone through deep suffering or deep sorrow deep trauma, deep pain, um, death and loss, unless you have gone through those things, then the power of that scripture might go over your head a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
So that was a huge um, spiritual development for me to to get to that point in answering your question as far as, as, you know, a maturity, that power in the Holy Spirit intervening for me on my behalf in my deep emotion when I couldn't was yeah. huge for me, really huge. That's such a beautiful story. I, uh, I do love how the Lord sometimes reserves poignancy of verses in the Bible for the times that we need them the most, because I know that you had, you had read that those verses before that talk about Jesus interceding for us. You were aware of that before you all, or even as you all were walking through this process. Um, But sometimes the Lord really just brings them to the forefront in the, in the season when we need them. We went through a season a couple years ago where we lost my nephew. He was in his twenties and just unexpectedly lost him. And for me, the verse that really helped me was in Psalm 40, where it just talks about waiting patiently for the Lord, because there were seasons when I was in the the first parts of that grief, where I just didn't even know, I, I didn't know what to say or how to pray or what to do. I, I, would, I couldn't even really process the grief very well. And so many times I would just sit at the table with my Bible open and say, Lord, I'm waiting patiently for you. I need you to come. I just need you to come. And he always does. He always comes when we call. So um, that's just a beautiful, beautiful story of the way that God can and will meet us in the midst of very difficult circumstances. And the good news that we can kind of extrapolate from that story is not just that God meets us when things are at their worst or most difficult, but that God meets us. He wants to talk to us and communicate with us and be a part of our lives. And I just think that's such an important message for us to remember. Let's wrap up this, the, the time together today. I would love for you to share just one tip for growing your prayer life that has worked for you over the years that maybe the people that are hanging out with us right now could put into practice today as they're endeavoring to grow their own prayer life. Well, I think difficult to pinpoint it down to one, but one of the things that I, as you know, I I host a Bible reading challenge on my blog monthly. And part of that challenge is, you know, keeping a journal. And the reason the journaling is so important is because I've found, and, you know, not everyone is this way, but I am a, um, I'm a person who, the more senses I experience, uh-huh. the more I more senses I use, the more likely I am to grasp the concept or enjoy the yes. concept, embrace it. And so for me, journaling takes, you know, prayer can feel a little intangible. You know, uh-huh. if praying in your mind, it can feel like, well, I'm not putting any you know, verbalization to it. Sometimes just speaking the prayer out loud makes a huge difference in the way you pray versus praying inside your head or heart. But for me, taking that a next step further is writing it down. Mm-hmm. And benefits of writing your prayers, keeping them in a journal is just off the charts, what I can't express in one little closure here. But I would say the main benefits to doing that, to begin keeping prayer journals, writing your prayers down, I mean, one, it does take it out of that headspace and on puts it on paper. Mm-hmm. So you're using your hand tangibly, using that sense of physical writing 
to ingrain the words in your head and in your heart. But then also, in addition to the writing, you have that beautiful history and you can go back and look. I, I often joke, you know, when I first started prayer journaling, my son's um, 19. And when I first started to write my prayers down in one of my old journals, he was two and we were having such a hard time with potty training. And I was like writing in my prayer journal all about potty training. I know it's <laughs> deep, right? <laughs> it feels like it in the moment, mama. I get that. I remember. <laughs> And I was like, oh, just the day-to-day frustration, you know, of trying to get him to this point. And I always, you know, tell moms, guess what? Now he's 19 and yes, he is potty trained, you know, and of course, laughs. but I just think that, you know, even, even those moments of being able to go back and look over the history of your, your prayers for your children, that um, you see not only the growth in them, but the growth in you and how Mm -hmm. God them to sustain you throughout all of these times. So if I could encourage anyone listening right now, I would say if you've never tried to prayer journal, I think that just giving yourself five minutes each day to begin writing your prayers out would be for you. It would, it could be life-changing for you. And I know that it's discipline. I often tell people, you know, they're like, well, I'm just not a, a writing person or I'm just not a, well, I guess my response to that is, um, would you tell that to your, your um, fitness instructor? Would you tell your, you know, person, your trainer, your fitness trainer, like, I'm sorry, I'm just not a journaling person or I just don't want to, you know, work out today or, you know, you don't do that because you know that. In order to make progress with your goals, then you need that physical exercise. So I would just encourage anyone, you know, not to make excuses, but to really um, hone in on that that little idea of creating a prayer journal and set a goal of just, okay, I'm going to for one week, seven days, you know, or, you know, just set a small goal that's really attainable five days this week, I'm journaling. And then that can make a huge difference moving forward. Yeah, I love that so much. And you're speaking the language of my heart. I have found so much goodness in prayer journaling. And actually, there's there's research out there that talks about just the, the benefits of uh, of writing something down instead of just thinking it, but just writing it down really does take it to an entirely different level. Even just in our brains, it, it helps us and forces us to process things on a different level. So I couldn't agree with you more on that tip. That is something that I have seen make a tremendous difference in my own life as well. So um, Rachel, it has been such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Million Praying Moms. You can connect with other praying women by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or by visiting our website where you'll find tools to guide you as a praying mom like our monthly scripture-inspired prayer calendars, yours for only $5 a month when you become a patron of Million Praying Moms. If you love this podcast and want to be a part of making sure it sticks around and reaches other moms with the message that prayer is not a last resort, but the first and best response to motherhood, consider joining our Patreon family. There are options for everyone, including our $5 a month prayer calendar option, perfect for both the beginner and seasoned praying mom who wants to pray God's word for her children. 
Depending upon your needs, you can get access to our classes, courses, podcast scripts, discussion questions for each podcast, and even vote on certain aspects related to the ministry of Million Praying Moths. And I also have a free gift for you too. Download your free copy of my resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children, when you subscribe to the podcast. It's a step-by-step guide for how to get started praying the scriptures for yourself and your family. If you love this podcast, would you help us reach more moms with our message by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts? We sure would appreciate it. Find all the links you need at millionprayingmoms.com. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.